Welcome once again to the So Weird Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. And I'm Emily. And it's just the three of us tonight. I was saying to the girls before we recorded that it's just like our very first episode. And uh, tonight we are talking about... Give me one second here. We are talking about uh, Season 3, Episode 21, Babel. What is our mystery of the week this week? Uh, a rock. <laughs> yeah. A, a magical rock. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah, well, actually, the uh, the mystery this week is uh, people's inability to communicate. That's uh, That's what it is, man. They all need speech therapy. <laughs> <laughs> There's my plug. And it's like just centered on dyslexia. Yeah, which is why I specifically really wanted to be on this one. Um, because I have had, I, I don't, you know, I I have dyslexia. It's a pretty small part of my life these days. But I was diagnosed with it as a real young child. And um, I definitely have some thoughts about how the show treats it not really bad thoughts just some thoughts mm -hmm. so and what is interesting about this episode is that it's pretty late into the series and it is largely a jack centric episode and he doesn't have too much to do in this one yeah it's kind of weird of all the episodes for jack to be actively involved it's this one with this plot i don't know it's it's strange yeah, and it's sort of weird that we're like five episodes out from the end of the series, and there's this episode and then uh, Dead Ringer, which is also a Jack-centric episode. I don't know why they suddenly decided to pivot the show to be a little bit more about him. I don't know, maybe Alex was tired and needed a break. That's usually how it was with in the past, so. Yeah. So we're back in Hope Springs for this one, which, you know, is always my my least favorite episodes. I, I always dislike it when they're stuck there in the town, especially like stuck there in the school. Basically, a new kid comes into Jack's history class. His name is Roland. Well, he is dyslexic. He doesn't know it yet, but he has trouble with reading and especially looking at words. He tends to see letters jumbled around and stuff. And apparently Roland's uncle is an archaeologist who was recently in the Middle East and brought him a rock that does not rock. In fact, the rock is <laughs> a magical remnant from the biblical Tower of Babel, which think about that for a minute. Now the Bible is canon to so weird. <laughs> so and when Roland bumps this rock or rubs it excessively. Oh, that sounded awful. Uh, <laughs> it causes people around him to uh, talk in gibberish and it affects the class's teacher, Mr. Paulson. It affects one of the bullies and eventually it ends up affecting Jack and most of the people in the school. And how do we put this mystery together? Well, when Annie goes and talks to Roland, she sees him drawing a illustration of the Tower of Babel. And she says like, oh, well, his uncle was in the Middle East. So, you know, obviously Middle East not that big of a place, right? I mean, come on. So clearly he was, his uncle was immediately in the vicinity of the biblical legendary Tower of Babel. <laughs> and uh, there you go. It's basically our episode plot there. I'll I want your guys' that, opinion on this one. I'll say that uh, in the beginning when Annie was doing the intro, I thought it felt very much like season one and two because 
she was talking about something historical, basically explaining the episode in a way. Yeah, and she does bring in the, the story of um, or the Tower of Babel, whatever. And she's like, what if that's true? I enjoyed that. And then the episode happened. And then we saw a clue in the beginning, you know, acting funny, like as his role is in season three. And then the episode happened. And to me, it just feels like nothing happened at all. Like you're able to summarize it in a few <laughs> minutes besides the ending. I don't know how they wrote out 23 minutes or so. <laughs> it really felt like a five minute episode. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty low key one. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I was like, uh, hold on, we're 22 minutes into this episode and nothing has happened. Okay. And then they like wrapped it up in <laughs> like 30 seconds between the, you know, Jack and the rolling kid at the end. You know, the whole thing with uh, the rock and him rubbing his fingers against it and making people speak gibberish. I don't know. It just didn't seem very consistent throughout the episode. Am I right? Like, I didn't understand what actually triggered that to happen. It doesn't. There's not a lot of interior logic there. It's just, you know, sometimes when he bumps the rock, like, or somebody bumps into him, it starts to do its juju. Maybe yeah. because, you know, his uncle said it it helped him, like Annie called it a worry stone, helped him calm down. So, like, picturing it, um, like, in, uh, what is that episode called where he draws them? monster and it becomes powerful <laughs> that tulpa yeah i'm thinking of that where maybe it helped him in the beginning and then somehow it just got more powerful magical hey. but in this episode it seems like there's two ideas going on like one roland is dyslexic but then it's like oh but it's the rock that's making him worse first off I, it the implication seems to be that the uncle knew the rock was magical when he gave it to his nephew. And secondly, what did his uncle hope to accomplish by giving him this magical rock? Because if the kid is dyslexic and has trouble with reading and letters, it is the thought that because his perception of language is already fucked up, that, you know, the rock would like work in reverse on him? I don't. <laughs> yeah. And there's not really any evidence of that actually being the case. Like, in the episode, he's not like able to read any better because he's rubbing the, the rock or anything. So I don't know. I, I think this was definitely a, uh, you know, it's five minutes to lunch. We need an episode pitch. <laughs> and, you know, and, and Kathy, you said that you don't know how they filled 25 minutes with this. I don't know if they did because the episode, I know we're jumping around and, and Kat, when she goes back to listen to this, is going to be pulling her hair out. But <laughs> the very end of the episode, the very last shot of the episode is Jack and Roland walk into the high school and then the camera pans very, very slowly up to Hope Springs High School, the, the name of the school. And then it lingers for a minute and then it pans up into the sky and you keep waiting for, you know, produced by Henry Winkler or whatever to come up, but it just, it, it, it sticks there for a minute or two. And I was kind of wondering <laughs> like, what is going on? Why is, because at first I thought like, oh, that hope springs. Oh, that this is a hopeful beginning of a new friendship. But then it just kind of goes on for another 30 seconds. And I'm, I'm really wondering what the hell is up with that. They're pointing it at God. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, bringing Jesus into this. <laughs> I mean, why not? Tower of Babel, right? They, right, they, yeah. Um... Where, where does um, our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ fit into the cosmology of so weird? <laughs> but, um... 
some things I do want to say about this episode, you know, speaking as a dyslexic person, I, I have both some negative and positive thoughts about this one. I mean, first off, the implication that dyslexia is caused and or cured by magic is kind of um, insulting and dehumanizing. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm. But some of the depictions are are interesting. I mean, mostly the scene near the beginning of the episode where Roland is told to stand up at class and read from the book and he gets very, very nervous um, and people are, are teasing him. You know, that was something I definitely relate it to as a real young kid. I mean, just to, just to get a little autobiographical here for one minute, you know, um, as a real young child is when my dyslexia was at its worst. And for me, it was um, not as visual as it is in this episode. I know it is for some people. I remember as a very, very young child having trouble with the letters D and B and which one was which or any any kind anytime there was any sort of binary like that, like left or right or hot and cold taps, I would get mixed up very, very easily. And sometimes I still get some things like that mixed up just uh, when I'm very stressed. Mm -hmm. And uh, mostly for me, it was sort of a verbal version of dyslexia where I would switch around um, words and sentences while talking, or sometimes even word sounds. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had a, I also, I don't, this was related. I had a little bit of a speech impediment as a child. I had um, real trouble with the TH sound. I would pronounce it as an F sound. And, um, and even now as an adult, like words like feather that have both the F and the TH sound in it, really, I have to like, Folk, make sure I'm not mispronouncing that. It, um, I had a lot of, you know, speech therapy and language therapy as a kid, and luckily, you know, it, it never, it never got as bad for me as it is for the kid in this episode. And I can't really say how. I, I mean, I would say that it's probably not a super duper accurate depiction of dyslexia, but probably it might be for some people. You know, it's not yeah. so much for me. Mostly as a dyslexic, it is sort of nice to see because it's not a condition people talk about a lot. So it is sort of nice to see a TV show, especially one I, I generally like, as this one, talk about it. And um, I do like that they have Molly say that she is dyslexic and talking a little bit about that. And something that I do relate to in this episode is Roland is seen drawing. It's obvious that uh, visual learning is something that's easy for him. Molly talks about how with music was easier with her. And I've always been a very visually oriented learner. I think it's why I'm such a big, I was such a big fan of, of comics and animation and movies growing up as a kid. That's my five minutes there talking about my personal opinion on this as, as a dyslexic. And uh, though I will say it does feel a little like a very special episode sometimes. Yeah, that's definitely what I got when Molly started saying, yeah, I had minor dyslexia. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, it's like when she said, oh, I I'm allergic to cats or like whatever. It's like that just get randomly brought in. <laughs> right. It really seems like at this point in the show, anytime they need, you know, like Molly just has all these sudden new conditions coming up at, that have never been mentioned before. It's sort of odd. Yeah. And Jack didn't seem to be aware of it either when she was talking about it. And I thought that was interesting that she, she never told him. So. Right. And it is kind of odd that would never come up before in the, how old is Jack? 15, six, I guess he's like 16 or 17 at this point. It's yeah. kind of weird that it never came up in the 16 years of that he's been alive. And also dyslexia tends to be genetic. So mm -hmm. like 
there's probably a 50% shot that either Fee or Jack would have had it too. Yeah. I appreciate all of your insight into dyslexia. Um, I'm a speech therapist, but I don't work with clients with dyslexia uh, necessarily. I, I don't work with younger children or anything. So, um, but yeah, I appreciate what you had to say about how accurate it was um, based on your own experiences. I think they definitely focus more on the visual aspect in this episode rather than like the, the decoding process and how it's also related to how you decode the words and the visual input in your brain. Yeah. Um, you know, but you can't really go into that in a kid's show. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and the things I, I do really like about this one. Uh, well, first off I actually, and this might just be my personal experience here. The scenes with the bullies I mean, okay, I guess it is a little heavy-handed, but I don't know. that From what I remember from high school, that's pretty accurate. Like, just kids in class being an asshole to you for no reason. <laughs> yeah. I really hated that that teacher, I, th I thought that was ridiculous, that he called on him to read. He's a brand-new student. And he I makes know. Him, that was just absurd. What kind of teacher would do that? No one likes reading in front of the class. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mr. Paulson, first off, I wanted to mentally note what the uh, guy's name is. Because first, has he ever been mentioned before? Is this the first appearance of Mr. Paulson? No, he was in another episode, but I totally forgot because I looked him up on IMDb. He's in, yeah. um, wasn't he in the one that was about, like, Chad, the country or something? Talking board. I was going to say Peter Hanlon is the actor. And mm -hmm. looking at IMDb, this is interesting. The spelling of Paulson apparently changed between the two episodes. Because <laughs> the talking board, it's spelled P-A-U-L-S-O-N. And here in this one, it was spelled P-A-U-L-S-E-N. Mm -hmm. Damn. <laughs> and also, looking at this guy's IMDb, I love this credit. He played suicidal teacher in the original scary movie. So <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Well, he has that teacher face, huh? Yeah, apparently he plays a lot of teachers, it would seem. Yeah, so I, that was kind of, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess he was hoping to make the new kid feel more accepted in class. But, and at that point, you know, like, is the kid dyslexic or is he just awkward? You know, is he just nervous mm -hmm. speaking in front of the class for the first time Is was a thought I had. Yeah. Another thing I want to bring up here, I think the best parts of this episode is Clue. First off, I was watching the episode and Clue shows up, and my initial reaction was, "Why? wait, why is Clue here? Shouldn't he be at college? And then they explain, oh, he's getting a credit by being a teacher assistant or something. And mostly, I think, you know, the hardcore So Weird fans, the weirdos in the audience, are going to uh, like this one for if for no other reason for the clue stuff because he's being goofy and fun. I bored him. <laughs> yeah, he is goofy. Something about him this season, he just doesn't feel like the same guy. And I guess you could say college changes a person or whatever, but I don't know. I still feel that way watching him in this episode. He's um, a little goofier and this isn't the first time clue's been a little goofier here in season three. Mm -hmm. And personally, my theory for that is that, oh, well, he goes off to college, um, he's smoking weed. That's why he's goofier. I mean, clearly, <laughs> obviously. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do like, you know, his interaction with Jack about how, like, oh, well, I'm a teacher now and you're a student and, you know, you are mm -hmm. to address me as, as Mr., you know. 
I still think like he is goofy, but since he's in college, they're like, huh, how can we make him seem a little bit different? Let's just make him try to be appropriate over his goofiness, but him like fail at that a lot of the times. Mm. Yeah. And obviously the payoff to that is the scene where he's standing up in front of the class. He actually has to, first off, no school in, I don't know what it's like in Colorado, but no school <laughs> in the world would have a college age TA, like an 18 year old, 19 year old kid stand up in front and just take over, be the teacher for the day. Like, I'm pretty sure it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Uh, not without some kind of plan. I mean, he was totally winging it and with no supervision too. Right. They like spring it on him in the classroom. And mm -hmm. like, not only is that weird, I think it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, one thing I do want to mention, this is a little bit of uh, so weird trivia here. The guy who plays Roland is Jesse Moss is the actor and he's been in a ton of stuff, including he was in Final Destination 3 with Alex Johnson. So they would work again after this. Yeah, uh, he was in The Collector, Cold Squad, and Jimmy was also writing that he was in Ginger Snaps. Oh, he is in Ginger Snaps. Yeah, he's the Wait, um, uh, the drug dealer in that, isn't he? Or the bully? That? Yeah, and he has a couple other cool credits. He was in Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Wolf Cop um lots of television some voice work he was the voice of enzo on reboot for anybody who remembers that cartoon i yeah. watched that was a show i watched a lot as a kid he was in are you afraid of the dark yeah beyond belief highlander honey i shrunk the kids the series lots of uh canadian tv so i'm sure he has other he, he's done stuff with other former so weird cast members because yeah. clearly this is all you know <clears throat> canadian film stuff Oh, that ending. Okay, so the way... Ending, yeah. <laughs> what, what was that, Kathy? The ending, we haven't talked about, but it was so, like, of what? <laughs> yeah, no, it's very random. Like, this is going on. The, the, the language virus is spreading to the whole school. And then how do we resolve this? Oh, they just throw the rock on the ground, and it breaks, and it's over. Yeah, he just smashes it with another bigger rock. Yeah, and it's kind of like, all right, well shit i mean that was easy yeah and jack is like because jack got infected too and then it, he's back to speaking normal and then he's like oh just don't draw any more towers again and they laugh it off and it's some goofy ending music <laughs> yeah what is with that music man like that was like out of a nickelodeon sitcom <laughs> it used it before in some episodes of season three it yeah turns me off no, that scene was weird, and I just don't like that this is the episode where Jack is actually, like, really buying into this. Mm -hmm. Like, of all the premises, this stupid rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of all the weird stuff he's seen. And Fee's not here, but he's finally believing in the fact that this rock has this magical power uh, it's so irritating. Honestly. Yeah, and, and once again, we have another example of Jack seeing something blatantly, obviously supernatural, you know, apparently buying into it. But I am sure, I don't have a photographic memory of the next five episodes, but I am sure at some point in the remainder of the series, he's back to being Agent Scully, Skeptical Jack, so. Yeah. 
You know, and I love what convinces him, though. What makes him maybe think that this theory of Annie's has some validity is when she mentions, oh, well, his uncle was in the Middle East. And again, I'm thinking, like, the Middle East is a big place, you guys. <laughs> I mean, he could have been in, like, Turkey or, you know... Israel, someplace fucking Yemen, I don't know, someplace not even remotely close to where we could presume the mythical biblical tower of Babel might have been. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's contrived. You know, like the whole thing with Annie seeing him drawing the tower and that's what make, helps her make all these connections. Like, does he really, I don't know, like, why is he drawing the tower? Because the rock told him to. <laughs> is the rock autonomous <laughs> <laughs> and then this episode wanted me to think to another episode where there is some rock and or stone and there is some gibberish which was roswell mm. oh yeah they yeah. handled that episode so better <laughs> yeah like i said it really does this feels like there was a deadline and because it feels very very sloppy and as we have said repeatedly, not a lot happens in this one. It, it's a really weird, not like weird, like so weird, like spooky or even weird, haha, -ha, like weird, just half-assed episode. But, uh, and I, I'm trying to think of some other things I have to say. Oh, okay. So when they start talking in the gibberish, I mean, I, I get what they're going for. And, you know, word salad is a pretty serious condition for the people who have it, but it's kind of funny when it first happens. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. They don't seem to be making any other efforts to communicate. Like they're just trying to talk to each other. I'm like, okay, why don't you try writing? Okay. I'm, this is a speech therapist and me coming out. Why don't you try using gesture? Why don't you draw? Like, I don't know. It's just me, but well, this is a valid point. And you know, <laughs> if the tower of Babel, if we are to believe the Bible, when the tower of Babel fell, and all communication in between people broke down. I mean, maybe like if he tried to write, it would be in this new weird gibberish language. I don't know. Maybe, but we don't see that, you know? Yeah, clearly so. that much thought was not put into this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, where's the speech therapist? Come on, do your job. No. <laughs> well, this is a high school. Like th there should be a therapist, like maybe even a speech. I mean, I, my uh, elementary school had a speech therapist. So yeah. I mean, not all high schools have a speech therapist. Usually it's like, you know, elementary and middle, but yeah, there could be a speech therapist. Just saying. Yeah. And that's another, and that's, uh, you know, if you want me to be nitpicky about it, it is sort of weird that Roland is the age he is and has never been screened or tested or diagnosed for this condition. Cause usually they get it when you're a kid. Yeah. You guys uh, got any more to say about this one? <laughs> something small so when molly's talking about um dyslexia in the kitchen she's wearing a pkb shirt yes i noticed that as well yes i want that shirt so badly like really that's that's the one thing that i want most from the show i would say is that shirt <laughs> yeah that was really cool yeah and but just imagine the um nobody's gonna understand that reference that, that's very inside baseball but um... <laughs> It says another world, doesn't it? Come on. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I would, uh, again, like a missed opportunity for Disney. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, though, there's really not much else to say, is nope. there? What about no. you, Kathy? Any thoughts? 
Um, no, it's just that this episode, it showed a lot of bullying. So maybe people can like relate with that. It seemed like most of the episode is bullying. And Jack, you know, being protective and helpful. A good guy. So maybe that's why they used him. Mostly. Struggling then, to find anything <laughs> else to say. And he did a little bit of, a tiny bit of research, I think. And then he got smashed with the rock. <laughs> All right. Well, well, this is something I will say here. Um, so this one was directed by another Pat Williams episode. And, you know, he's done a ton of these. So I mean, he did Singularity, Strangling Lost, Fountain, Destiny, Vampire, Transplant, Twin, Rewind, Carnival, Still Life, Pin Pal, and would go on to do Gone Fishing. So clearly a so weird regular, but the script was from Richard Clark, whose pre only previous so weird episode is Snapshot, which also is another episode that was had kind of weird fuzzy logic. So, and that's it. I have no other points of interest for this one at all. <laughs> Uh, that's okay. So ratings, right? Yes. You go first. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to give this one a five because it is really just in the middle. Nothing especially interesting. I mean, like, it, okay, there are minorly, minorly, there are minor interesting bits about this one. But yeah, I think our silence kind of says a lot that this is a pretty low key episode with not much going on. It's not bad, not good, kind of in the middle. Five out of ten. Yeah, I'd say I give it a four out of ten. Because this I don't hate the episode. It's just that nothing is significant. Like when I whenever I think back to this episode, I can never remember it, but it's because not much goes on. I just remember the library scene, the Jack scene at the end, him talking to him all sincerely. But that's it. I never remember like the end, the beginning. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess four out of five. No, you meant five out of, four out of ten. Four, four out of ten, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, four out of five would be good. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a thumbs down. I don't hate it by any means. There's not enough reason to hate it, but I don't like that Jack decides that he believes in the paranormal in this episode. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and you all already said everything, but it the whole thing with The Rock, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, the usual... <laughs> with season three so one thumbs down yep sorry for all the hardcore babble fans in the audience we we feel like i really feel like we let you guys down <laughs> and if you're listening if you when you listen to this jimmy we're really sorry we didn't uh, use any of your notes feedback time the so weird feedback corner i need to use that for the last <laughs> remaining five hours <laughs> i can start off so I'm actually going to start off saying that we've moved podcast hosting websites from Podomatic to Podbean because Podomatic, we ran out of space. It just kept wanting to charge me more and more. So I looked elsewhere. Podbean is an unlimited space, cheaper plan. So we're there now. Yay. So uh, we got comments from there. Uh, the first one is for the episode The Muse from... HCYS8F and they said actually from what I have heard is that Disney is having a bunch of layoffs because they did not actually pay back the rent for the 20th Century Fox backlot and this was this is a response to us saying like why would some residuals I guess are being sent out right 
Um, I, I, I guess. Don't <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything about this. I have heard that Disney is laying off a ton of people from Fox, but it's because of just repetitive positions. You know, when one company eats another, there's going to be a lot of people they're not going to need anymore. Why would that give people residual checks? Yeah, that that's why I'm confused as well. I don't think I was on the episode. <laughs> so. Mm. Well, uh, Heatscliff, please uh, write and defend yourself. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, this is also from uh, HCYS8F, or Heatscliff, as you're now forever known. <laughs> um, well, I think, oh, this is about The Great Encanto, an episode I was not on. He says, <laughs> or... Uh, she says, this person says, well, I think it's about good versus evil because it's so obvious the good wins over evil. And the thing about magic has the idea of two sides of the two sides of good and evil. Okay. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I was not a fan of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I think I tore that one apart. So uh, maybe. I, I'm trying to erase that episode from my memory, to be honest. Um, yeah, that one's memorable for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> uh, thank you for the, the comments. Of course. Yes, on thank our, you, Heathcliff. On our new site. Okay, we have a comment on our Mackenzie Gray interview from Asian Seti. They said, Mackenzie's work ethic is seriously admirable. I don't think there's anyone on So Weird that didn't pour their hearts into whatever roles or positions they're given. Yeah, I mean, that interview was awesome. If you haven't listened to it, please do. It was great. Yeah, mm -hmm. not to put down any of the other wonderful people we've interviewed. They've all been great, but I think the Mackenzie interview is my favorite because he was just so animated. He had so many great stories. So many great stories. He, his memory was like... To me, it was amazing. <laughs> um, so many insights to the show, even though he was on for two episodes. Mm -hmm. And it, he seemed very passionate about everything he's ever been in. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was such a, a fun time. I really that's definitely going to be one of my favorite memories of being a part of the show is M interviewing Mackenzie. So thank you for that comment. Uh, the next one is from Bobby on our Rebecca episode on YouTube. They said, Nadia is from Cape uh, Verdeen. I don't know if I pronounced that well. Descent. Therefore, her surname is Portuguese and should be pronounced Nascimento. Because I think on that episode, we were not sure how to say it. And then, yeah, he sends a link to like her talking, pronouncing her name. So, oh. yeah, good to know. I didn't know she was Port or her last name was is Portuguese. Thank you. All right. This is feedback on... The Meow Podcast. This is from Heart and Soul. Give a little bit of heart and soul. Uh, this person <laughs> says, I'm very musical tonight. This person says, my friend slash writing teacher loves Egyptian mythology. I personally prefer Greek, but to each their own. Hmm. Thank you for the feedback. Yeah, I think a lot of people like Egyptian mythology. <laughs> we have another comment on the Meow episode. This one is from Nisea Lucero. Nice video, guys. I also would like to say I always thought Egyptian lore was cool. I like the idea of dying with the stuff you love. And another reason why I like Egyptian stuff is because one of my favorite shows is House of Anubis. And it goes on a lot about Egyptian lore. If you haven't seen the show, uh, you should check it out. It's pretty cool. 
I say if you love mystery and Egyptian lore, you might like it. Anyways, good video and keep the faith and never give up on So Weird. Love you guys. Aw. Love you too, Nisea. Yeah, thank you. Um, I remember seeing advertisements for that, um, the House of Anubis. That I don't know, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I feel like that's something Kat would know about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've heard her talk about that show. <laughs> Is it on Nickelodeon? It was, I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of it before, too. Well, I know Kat loves Strange Days at Blakely High, and that was a Nickelodeon show, mm -hmm. So, but I, I don't want to speak for her. Thanks. Um, the next one is for the Meow episode as well. From That Disney Dude on YouTube, they said, This episode kind of reminded me of an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark with Vanessa King and Budnick from Salute Your Shorts. Old school Nickelodeon, where there is a mummy that came to life. No cat, though. Does anyone remember that? I'm sure I have it on VHS somewhere, but this so weird episode was well done for season three that is also i would want my cat to be with me for all eternity meow <laughs> and they did a little cat emoticon <laughs> that is super cute i don't remember that episode of are you afraid of the dark but i know in the meow podcast i talk about how goosebumps did a mummy episode so i guess all of the kids horror slash supernatural themed shows of the time just had to do a mummy episode hmm yeah, I do remember the goosebumps. I think I remember seeing like lots of commercials of it walking. All right. Well, this next one is on our Dave Squatch Ward interview. This is from Gold D. Roger on YouTube. And he says, Why the hell does nobody bring this guy into Dragon Ball events or discussions? I want to hear him talk about his work as the Ox King. I don't know. I can't speak for the organizers of Dragon Ball events, but uh, we I do believe we asked him about that. I know I did because I, I'm a, a Dragon Ball fan. So anyway, thanks for the comment. <laughs> Our next comment is from Andrea, and it's for the Meow episode. Great podcast, all. Now is an episode my sister really loves because she herself is so interested in Egyptian history. Jimmy, I agree that the U UCSC Easter egg is a great touch at the beginning of the episode. Carrie did go to UC Boulder, which Clue mentions in the very beginning of Siren, and a mutiny. He receives his acceptance letter to UC Santa Cruz. I think this episode is okay, but it is not my favorite. I think Kara's scream acting is better than Alex's. And, <laughs> oh when, <my> <laughs> yes. and when Annie walks in on Molly posing as the princess, it reminds me of when she walks in on her asking the Ouija board about Fiona. I have to say, I love how people keep mentioning in the comments about not being able to unsee the Molly Carey ship. I am so <laughs> glad I am not alone in that boat. Now that I am all caught up on your reviews, I will be waiting for your discussion of Babel. Have any of you seen the independent Canadian horror film Ginger Snaps? Oh my God. Je <laughs> Jesse Moss, who plays Jason in the film, stars as Roland in that episode. I love how Jack is so nice to Roland, acting on his role as a protector by defending a bullied new student. It is good to see Clue, and I think this is the first time he's addressed by his full name, Cluet. And I like how the explanation of a dyslexia comes from Molly, kind of like in other episodes such as Nightmare, when she provides an explanation for convergent dreams. I will say my main problem with this episode is that all Annie does is make the connection between the Tower of Babel and the Worry Stone and fixing the problem where everyone speaks different languages is so easily solved by crushing the stone. No panther or any action required. 
and Roland says the stone makes him calm, all the while he is clearly uneasy while he explains this to Jack. It's apparent the stone was more of a cause than a cure for his worries, and thus a worried stone indeed. Wow, on, Andrea continuing to be the secret <laughs> uh, extra host of this podcast. Um, <laughs> has anybody here but me seen Ginger Snaps? No, yeah. I haven't. Highly recommended. Very good film. Uh, Canadian werewolf movie. Werewolf as metaphor for puberty. Very, very good film. Not not a kid's movie, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot about the Cluet thing. Yeah. Uh, have, has that been mentioned before? It has, and we've like discussed it, and I think someone asked John Cooksey about it. And he's like, that's not what his name was. But I think that principal lady that called him Cluet is the one that called him Cluet in the past when it was that, uh, oh. when he was on the speakerphone of the school or whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. For detention or no, yeah. or talking board. The one where the thing collapses? I don't know. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys. It's all blurring together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a great comment. Thank you. So this is for the Meow episode as well. Um, from Lauren Lola. She says, three things. Kiwi girl on YouTube is me. So she comments on two different formats. Uh, number two, I've seen, I've since watched all of season three, so I'm all cut up now. Number three, I'm glad to see that I wasn't the only one not feeling this episode. The quality is very much what you'd expect at this point in the series. Besides, I'm more of a dog person. Oh, <laughs> I'm a dog person too. What, 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 what say you guys? I'm a dog person. I have a dog. All right, Emily, cats or dogs? Can I say neither? Uh, no, I, I I like them both about the same. I've never had either as pets, unfortunately. So no preference. Sorry, I'm boring. But uh, I root for UK. So I guess I have to go with cats. Um, it would be hilarious if Cat was a cat person. <laughs> I don't know if she has a cat or not. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, we should all like all animals. Of course. Uh, cats, I am just a tiny bit scared of them. <laughs> well, not not to digress too far here, but um, I've met nice cats. There are wonderful, friendly, loving cats in the world. None of the cats that I have personally cohabitated with have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lauren, were you the one who was who hadn't watched any of the season three episodes and you were going to start watching? Was that you? I don't remember. Now, Taya, I think, is the one not watching, and Laura was, like, starting or something. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just curious how that's going for you, whoever that was. Okay. <laughs> if they're continuing to listen to the show, our show, without watching season three, I, I, they just must love the sound of our voice. I'm very, very <laughs> touched by that. Okay, so this is from um, Ben on Facebook. I believe this is also on Meow. He says... I'm slightly concerned about So Weird being on the Disney Plus app. So far, I haven't. it hasn't been in any lineup of programming announced by Disney. You know, right now, I think we're all just holding our breaths, fingers crossed. Neither of us are expecting anything because we're very, very used to being let down by Disney. Mm -hmm. But this is our best shot. You know, we'll just see what happens, man. I, I, I hope so. I mean... I've been holding out hope for something to happen since what, like 2013 or whatever. I don't know. It's been forever. So 
we'll see. It's not on any lineup, but also there is not really a lineup of Disney Channel shows that they've said. They've had yeah. pictures, pictures of some shows, and all they've really said right now is there's 5,000 episodes of Disney Channel shows. So yeah. it's still a maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, it's just expect nothing but secretly hoping, you know, if we're going to get a, some sort of official release of So Weird, this is still our best shot, which is what we've been saying all along. And, you know, maybe if it's not out at launch, maybe it'll come out later, because I think launch is going to be around November. So who knows? Maybe they could put it on there next year around Halloween. That would be cool. But. That would be great. Um, I also, not to burst anybody's bubble, but I also, I mean, who the hell knows, but it strikes me as unlikely because I know Netflix does this and I think Disney will probably, with it being even more in-house, like I imagine most of the stuff that gets added will be new shows and movies and things, but who who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not very hopeful. I've used up all my hope Aww, <laughs> in previous years your oh, hope God. is a little extinguished ember burning somewhere deep inside you <laughs> yeah but i'm still keeping the faith if that makes any sense all right uh we have another comment from andrea on widow's walk i remember this episode from way back when i liked it too but i thought that it was sad when the sailor's widow realizes her husband is long past and isn't coming home there comes the other realization that in her old age She's actually close to reuniting with him. Whereas if she stayed young, she would have to she would have to endure youth all over again. And thus she would have to wait to be older again and then to pass on. I have to say that I like the nod to Molly's precognitive abilities too. It annoyed me that it cut the afternoon pleasantries short for Jack and Carrie, but that moment does tip the hat to the original series and ties into Molly's quote where she says that she can sense things sometimes but she can never seem to do much about it, which is true, especially in this case, because by the time the three of them return to the seaside BNB, everything is resolved. Huh? Guess that's true. Yeah. They, they really didn't have anything to do <laughs> by the time they came back. So, yep. Sloppy writing everywhere in season three, man. <laughs> But yeah. she's saying it makes sense. It goes in line with Molly's precognitive abilities and her not being able to do anything. Oh, true. Yeah, I like that. All right. yeah. well, thank you. Oh, as always, thank you, Andrea, for your amazing support of the show. I mean, when mm -hmm. I say uh, you are the secret, uh, in this case, fourth, usually fifth host of the podcast, I'm being 100% mm -hmm. sincere. Uh, your feedback is always amazing. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. It really mm -hmm. is. This is from um, Asian City as well on the Chris Gibson episode. Uh, she said, oh man, everyone having supernatural experiences in connection with their late fathers, minus Squatch so far. It's so unintentionally on brand with the show, LOL, but it's still so fascinating to hear. I think it makes the show all, all the more resonant, whether it's loss, grief, or weird experiences or alcoholism. Well wishes to and more blessings for Chris Gibson. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and it looks like Chris has responded to most of these, so that's very cool. Yeah, he's responded to most of them that are directed towards him. So if you do want to 
give him well wishes or just say thanks or whatever. You might be checking up on it. I don't know if he still is or not. So, yeah, that's it for the feedback. For Thank now. you all so much. I was so surprised to see how much feedback we had. Yeah, um, me too. We just posted one up, and it hasn't been that, that long. Well, I mean, there has been a little bit of a break, but I think it's been more for us because we've had some bank episodes that have been coming back, coming out pretty steadily. So true. Yeah. I haven't discussed feedback on those. As always, thank you so much to anybody who listens or comments or likes or subscribes or what have you. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that I, as I've said this before, but when I volunteered myself for this and we ended up doing it and then people started listening and it was kind of like, wow, I, I really surprised. I didn't think anybody else remembered the show. So, mm -hmm. and right now we have 220 subscribers on YouTube, which is really cool. Yeah. Thank you all. Alrighty. Anything else we want to talk about tonight or. I don't know if anything exciting has been going on. Nope. <laughs> Not in terms of reboots or anything. Nope. Disney is continuing to eat other uh, corporations. They now have full control of Hulu, which yeah. is weird. I don't know, since they're about to launch their own streaming service, I don't know why they would take over Hulu. All I can figure is, like, there has been... Well, we there's been announcements that some adult-skewing Marvel stuff will be on Hulu. Like, there's going to be a Howard the Duck cartoon, which I can't wait for. I'm so excited for that. And a couple other things along that line. It's going to be like Marvel's Adult Swim. They're going to do this whole block of, like, hmm. grown-up-skewing animation. So that's interesting. And there have been a couple other... I know a, a Damon Hellstrom Son of Satan show is coming, which is... I love that character, so that's super cool. All The only reason I can figure that Disney would be interested in owning Hulu at this point is as an outlet for stuff that wouldn't fit the Disney brand. But it's super weird. I, I'm totally expecting Hulu to be shuttered in two or three years or something. Yeah. I thought they were taking over Hulu anyway, but I guess they were just originally going to be partial owners or something yeah they shared it was um i think they had in the beginning in the beginning mm -hmm. uh, hulu was a co-owned company by disney fox and comcast and obviously now fox is disney and i guess they decided to just cut comcast a big check and say we'll just take this off your hands for you <laughs> mm. Uh-oh, scary times, guys. Yeah, it's, well, it's an absolutely terrifying times for many, many reasons. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, yeah, the coming uh, corporate oligarchy any day now. We're going to be living in fucking Tekken. So, that's that. <laughs> I think, are we done? Are we, you know? Yes. I think okay. so, yes. Well, this has been the So Weird Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. And I'm Emily. And, as always, never give up on So Weird. Thank you.